Are you ready to turn your crafting passion into a thriving business? Join me, Kimberly Smith, the Paper Chef, for a creative journey filled with success stories, expert insights, and the crafty inspiration you've been waiting for. This is Hello Crafty Friends. Hello and welcome to this episode of Hello Crafty Friends. I'm your host, Kimberly Smith. And I am live on my YouTube channel, and today we are talking about Udemy, my journey, which can be your journey. So by explaining my journey through Udemy, which is an online teaching platform, I hope that you, if you are interested in this at all, will start your journey as well. And even if not, hopefully you'll become a student and maybe you don't even know that this platform exists. It is really just amazing, all the different things that I can talk about in this episode. It could go on, and, but I wanna just kind of get into today's episode. I wanna get into the stats, some of my journey, like how many courses I have, how many students I have, how I go about getting my students, how long I've been doing this, the types of courses I offer, and then I will give you a little insight on how does this compare to teaching crafting courses or even other kinds of courses on other platforms? What are the advantages of teaching on Udemy, the platform Udemy, as opposed to having a different system, a different subscription-based platform that I could host my classes on? So this is the first episode of 2024 and no excuses i'm a no excuse woman right but i did what i was doing this month i did have what's called a priorities and we talk about these in my latest course which is plan your year in a day canva workshop for yearly planners so that's what i was doing and up until today i was still posting content and videos for that course which was published about a week ago. So that's what I've been up to. Excited about that. All right, so let's start with what is Udemy? And then I'm going to do some stats because I know stats are always interesting when I listen to a podcast. And if you have any questions, go ahead and put them into the stream. And I'll try to say hello as I see you come in. But you know, it's going to be kind of hard because I can't see very well. I do see uh, Linda is here from one of my channel members and Ingrid and Dawn. So I can tell they're my channel members, which is nice because when you can't see very well, it like pops up in bold. So I appreciate your support. Udemy is an online platform, an educational platform. I first started in 2018. It was not publicly traded company. And now it is. It is. There are millions of students from around the world that take courses. There are thousands of teachers that teach subjects, every kind of subject you can imagine. I don't really think like many subjects are off limits, but for, but it is very popular. And I think it kind of started out at being more of a tech, tech courses platform when it first started. That's what I noticed when I first started taking courses there. A lot of them were about technology or maybe then self-development was pretty popular category. Well, I decided in 2018, to, I had already had a YouTube channel and I decided to put my first course on that platform. And I'm so glad I did because at the same time I did something else. And this one is something that just was, has been so much more rewarding. All right. So that's what it is. It's a, it's an online platform. Instructors, when they post videos, it's like YouTube in that videos are hosted on that platform. They're not hosted somewhere else on your computer or on YouTube and you point to them. They're actually hosted by that platform. So you can record videos and it doesn't have to be just video courses, but test preparation courses, you name it. Lots of, you could have lots of some slides and you could have downloadable resources, but all of those materials are stored on their servers. And then the platform, Udemy as a platform, has an incredible directory, a payment processing system, and a way of tracking learners' progress. So if you're a learner on Udemy and you go to take a course there, there's something called My Learning and it will show you all the courses you're taking by all the different instructors. 
So it's basically a learning management system is what it is. And it's very inclusive in that there's, there's just a low barrier to entry. If you want to start teaching craft courses, I recommend instead of building it from scratch on your website or going, I, I really suggest that you go onto a platform like Udemy, which is already established and put your course there. Okay, so that's what it is. All right, now let me say hi to a couple more. And we have, oh, Denise, or Diane, I'm sorry, Diane and Lisa and Lori are all here. Thank you so much for joining me. The next thing I want to talk about is how do people access the courses on Udemy? These are just how my students access the courses to give you an idea and not how everybody does. My, my people, which tend to be because my target audience for this channel, which is Paper Chef, I'm on the Paper Chef channel right now. It's a crafting channel. And my demographics tend to be an, an older crowd. I mean, hey, we're older and we do a lot of paper crafting. And so the my students access, 55.3% of my students access the courses on a computer. And that's unlike some, some people from other countries which may use mobile devices. But out of all my courses, 55% take it from a desktop computer and then the rest take it from a mobile device. So your other 45% is from a mobile device. And out of the mobile devices, total, we have 55% desktop and then 33.7 are taking my courses from an iPhone. So then the rest of the mobile devices, the Androids and all the other kinds of devices are all the rest of those taking my courses. Now I wanna talk about uh, students and how the courses are sold through Udemy. All right, so, Students, the, we when they tell us how many students we have, it goes by, there's two numbers you want to look at. So when you get students into your course, courses, it's called an enrollment. So one student enrolls in one course, that is called an enrollment. And then, but you, because you're a person, you're an individual person, you are one student. So I want to talk about how many students I have and how many enrollments I have. And as I tell you these stats, I definitely want to cross them off so I don't circle back and tell them to you again. So we already talked about the types of devices they're taking them on. And then, all right, my enrollments are, I have 10,839 enrollments. So this is not my first rodeo here, but you have to start somewhere. So I do wanna encourage you, don't, don't get intimidated by a number that high, 10,839 enrollments as of today. And 4,550 students. So 4,550 students. When you look at those two numbers and you look at the 4,500 and you see that I have over 10,000 enrollments, that's actually good because what that tells me is that my students are taking an average of over two classes each of mine, two courses each, which is really cool. So they're, they're taking more than one course. Where are they from? They are from and this is my stats, not the whole Udemy platform. Because like the Udemy has courses in all the language, you know, all the languages, and you could take courses from anywhere in the world in any currency. But in my courses, 64.6% are from the US, 13.6% from the UK, 6.6% from Australia, 4.6% from Canada, 3.3% from South Africa. So my five highest countries are the United States, followed by UK, Australia, Canada, and South Africa. And of course, that's because my courses are in English, all of them. And the next five court countries of students taking my courses are New Zealand, India, Germany, Netherlands, and Ireland. Yay! For St. Patrick's Day. All right, so 96.7% of my, it says, it says are in English, even though my courses are 100% in English. It said 96.7% are English speaking that take my courses. So that was interesting. Now, how many courses do I have? And what is possible for you if you start this journey? I have 18 courses as of the course that launched this year. That's 18 courses on the platform. One, my latest course, Plan Your Year in a Day Canva Workshop for yearly planners is the only one that's in the Canva category. So I have one planner course. I have 
another course on making and selling craft items. So that's about craft fairs, how to make, I take you through how to make four different craft fair items and then how to sell them and how to calculate the cost of the items and if you can make a profit. I have four courses on card making, card making workshops. Now, these are in-depth courses. If you think my things on YouTube are in-depth, these are several hours long. These are much more in-depth than the tutorials I do on the YouTube channel. So four card making workshops. I have 10 courses on the Brother Scan and Cut machine. I Those 10 courses span over two different models. Of, well, actually, more than that, but two basic types of models of scan and cut machines, one being the SDX machine style and another being the CM model of machine. So there's 10 courses. And I have one course on making labels it, using Microsoft Word and using something called Mail Merge. And that course, although it's still published and some people still do take it, mostly when you're using cloud-based software, it's not gonna work the same way anymore as it used to work in the past. So those are my 18 courses. My highest rated course of all, and let me, let me just go ahead and cross that now. I've told you about that. I told you about my 18 courses. So we do work on ratings and we're very, it's very important to have ratings on your courses. And it is the SDX 125. Now I have a lot of courses. I actually have more than one course on that machine. And some of my courses do cover that machine more than once, but there is a course where it's just that machine. And it's called the Brother Scan and Cut SDX 125. So that's my highest rated course. So now I wanna talk about the, some something that you might be interested in is what do I charge for a course, but yet what do people pay for a course? Now this is a very interesting model and I will talk about the pros and cons, don't worry. But the model is I could literally charge whatever I wanted for a course. So you, you as an instructor set a price, but what you charge or what the value of a course is, is way different than what the actual student pays for that course on any given day. And here's the reason for that. I personally think that my courses are worth hundreds of dollars, if not thousands, because when you think about a course that an instructor teaches, you're putting your whole lifetime of knowledge into that course. You're not just spending a month developing it. You are spending, you are putting your heart and soul into it and all of your experiences. However, the market will bear what the market will bear. And so my courses usually are ranging from $39 to $49 is the price that I set them at. And I set them at that price to be competitive and because that is going to be, if someone were to pay the full price, it's going to be something that I know someone will get a lot of value out of and I also want to make them affordable to others. However, you as an instructor can be part of what's called the Udemy Marketing Plan. And if you opt into this plan, then you have to agree to allow them to put your courses on sale, which they do, especially around the time of Black Friday, but really the majority of time you'll find courses on sale on Udemy. And that means that your courses are gonna be sold from anywhere from $9.99 being the lowest price that they'll put them on sale for up to about, if it's a $39 or $49 course, it usually just goes up to about $14.99. So you might be gasping and saying, how could you ever make any money doing that at $14.99 a course? Well, you can, if you are the one marketing the courses yourself, you will make more money on that, selling that course. Even if I were to sell it, say for $9.95 with one of my coupons or $9.99, then I would make it from Udemy selling the course for me. So how does this work? Is The way it works is that I market my courses myself for the most part, and I'm gonna explain with the numbers how much I'll make from my course marketing myself versus Udemy. And if I go onto YouTube, like I did you know, last week, and I said, hey everybody, I have a new planner course, and here's a coupon for you. And you go off and you run off with this $9.99 coupon, I get to keep most of that because I sent you to their website. However, if Udemy markets my course for me, then they will only give me, let's say, half of what they sell the course for. 
So let's just give the example of a $16 price point because it's easy to divide in half. If they sold the course for $16, they would only give the instructor half of that, the $8. A gasp. I know you're gasping. What? $8? That's all you can make from a course? Oh, no, it gets better. If there's an affiliate, not Udemy itself, but somebody else that I've never met before that is on, say, Pinterest selling my course for me because they saw my course and they thought, this course looks popular. I'm going to sell it for her. I'm going to be an affiliate and I'm going to market this course on her behalf. Even though I don't know who they are, they take my course and they sell it on behalf of Udemy. Then Udemy keeps half, or actually the affiliate keeps half. I think I, I think that's the way it works. I mean, I might be a little off with the percentages. And then the other half gets split between Udemy and I, and I would only get out of a $10 course, $2.50. <gasps> Gasp, oh my goodness. That is such a little amount for such a lot of work. But now let's get into numbers and talk about economy of scale and talk about how this can truly be a passive income. So at first I really thought long and hard about, because I was teaching, I've been teaching in, in both the classroom setting and in college settings. And I always get paid like thousands of dollars when I was an adjunct professor, whether it was my salary or just teaching an extra course, anywhere from three to $5,000 for teaching a course. And that was just for one semester. And, and, and I was used to getting much more money for teaching. However, I thought about it at the beginning and I said, this would be really make, nice to make my courses really accessible. And then there's many other things I can do with these courses. When they're really accessible, then they can be used for many other purposes. So let me just now, I know you're just dying to know this, but let me, let me write down something about this and make sure that I come back to this. When people support my channel, like you see many of their popping up right now, I see many channel supporters are here, many, many viewers. And thank you, I see, you know, 14 are watching live and thank you for all the likes. When, when people support my channels, either through the YouTube channel membership or the Patreon membership, they get perks. And one of the perks is that they get coupons to the courses that I develop. So having these courses is not just a beneficial to my students to get to learn things for an inexpensive amount with my coupons and the way I market them, but it's a way of giving back to those that support me on the monthly basis as an ongoing way of supporting this channel. And when, when you support creators of any kind, whether they're podcasters or YouTubers, you are endorsing their work and making it so that they can concentrate on creating content that you enjoy and that you come back to watch and that you benefit from. So by supporting them, they then can support you by giving you the content that you like. And then they can also, not only that, they can also get perks such as the free coupons for those courses. So I just wanted to, to mention that. That is like a, a something that's really important to me as I teach. Teaching is also very rewarding and I'll get into that little. Okay, now let's get into some actual numbers of what I've made in like my highest month, my lowest month. I'm just trying to find all my notes there. Where are they? Where are, where are my notes on Udemy? I have uh, these mixed around here. Okay, here we go. The first, when I started out in 2018, my very first month of doing this was $203.84. And that was in 2018. And then the second month, though, it dipped down to my lowest month ever because I had just launched my very first course and a lot of my followers took it. And then the very next month, I only made $20.10. Okay, so $20.10 is the lowest amount I ever made in any month since 2018. The highest month from 2018 until 2024, which is now, is $4,165.22. So the lowest month, $20.10, and the highest month, $4,165.22. So let's talk about scaling. Yes, you make more when you first launch a course and you promote that course and you talk about it and you offer coupons. But there is something where something magical that happens where you 
have courses and the more courses you have, the more easily it is to, for other people to find all the other courses that you have. And that's because of the way that the system works just so beautifully. You are not allowed to actually get the email addresses from Udemy. So one of the pros of having your own web hosting service to host your courses on would be that you have full autonomy of your mailing list. Like I have now, I have several mailing lists and I can control what I send to those mailing lists like through newsletters and things. In Udemy, they keep all the emails of your students and you are limited to two promotional emails per month that you can send out. But what's great about that is you can send out these two promotional emails to all of the students in all of your courses, letting them know that you have other courses that you offer. And those students that are already like you as an instructor are most likely ones that will take your courses again. So this is a beautiful system set up where we can't email students too often. So we can't, they don't, they don't ever unsubscribe usually from that because they don't really get annoyed by Udemy because any given instructor is only sending them two emails per month. And yet they're getting information that's relevant to them. Hey, they may not have taken the course from me in the first place. They may have found it through one of those affiliates I told you about. And I may have only made $2.50 off of that student at the very first time they took that course. But there is something called a lifetime value of a customer. And when that student tends to then see my coupon through the messages, then they tend to take my courses using my coupon of $9.99, of which I get most of. Okay, so does it add up? $20 here, $4,065 was back in 2020, in case you're wondering. Everybody was taking online courses. And you know why they had a lot of free time during that time. So, but what about a typical month, like the month right now that we're in, January 2024, which is not over yet. This particular month, and this isn't a big month for me, even though it's January, because I did just only have one new course, and it was just last, just a few days ago. And there's already 38 students in the course, but many are taking that course for free as one of the perks of being my Grow Your Crafty Business members, or my YouTube channel members, or my Patreon members. I have made so far this month $575.38. So I expect this to be about a $1,000 month. And so this is not my sole source of income. It is just one of the ways you can make money from crafting. Now let's talk about when you get paid for that. So if you, but if someone takes the course, they're allowed to ask Udemy, if for a refund, if they so want one within a certain amount of time, I think it's 30 days. And that's why we don't get paid until March. So at the end of January, when that closes up and they say, you have made, which which I'm thinking it's going to be about a thousand, they'll say, because I have a new course out and I just, I just sent out an email about it this morning to my newsletter group. So I think some of those will take it. Now, once they take this course and it's end of January and it gets cut off, then you don't get paid until March 8th because it takes a whole month. They have, they have a whole month to be able to refund the money. Then they do the reports, and then you get paid March 8th. Getting paid is seamless. They put the money directly into my PayPal account. And they do report. They do give me a W. I forget what it's called. They give me a tax form. And it tells me, maybe it's a 1080 or something. It's like an independent contractor type of form where they do report. If you make over $600, they do send you something that you have to report to the IRS. And I think it's over $600. But that is, that is um, just something to think about. All right, so once you get it going, the system, you, you spend most of the time developing courses. You spend some time grading assignments. I don't put as many assignments in my newer courses. I mean, rookie mistake was when I first started out, I put an assignment in my scan and cut courses on every module. And I'm still grading them. I'll be grading them until I'm 100 years old because there are so many assignments to grade because I gave students so many assignments. And now I've cut back and just do one assignment, if any, per course, so I have less grading. So once you get the final course up there, the only time you're gonna invest in it again after the first time is grading assignments or answering questions and then sending out those promotional emails, which I do every month at least once or twice a month. Now, we 
from all of this, as of this point, I have made $70,368.49. That is not even as much as I'd make as a teacher for a year, a yearly salary, but this is from 2018 until now, $70,368.49. So I am very proud of that. I am, whether you hear that number and you say, that's not a lot for the amount of effort, or whether you hear that number and say, wow, that's a lot of money. It just depends on where your money mindset is. I could, I could have said to you, I've made $8 million teaching these courses, and I would feel the same way about it. I would feel very fulfilled and rewarded. Whether I told you I just made $8 million or $70,000. The reason is, I feel like I could charge more for my courses. Absolutely. No problem. I wouldn't feel bad. But I want to have the model of, at this point, I mean, for these types of courses, not for every kind of course, but for this model, for these courses, I want to have as many people as possible taking them. Okay, let's, let's talk about why. Let's talk about the economy of scale and why. Because what I mainly do is I am a Stampin' Up! demonstrator. And I mainly, well, it's not just what I mainly do. I run a team of over 80 other demonstrators. I'm a salesperson. So I do sell craft materials as part of my income. And I'm a YouTuber and I make money from advertising on my YouTube channel. And I have a bunch of supporters through Patreon and through a group that I mentor called Grow Your Crafty Business and through the other thing called the YouTube channel membership. So I want to have materials constantly that I develop that I can give them that are from, from me as a perk and as a thank you for their support. And those are my main sources of income. So, well, actually, this is just one of, actually, teaching is one of my sources of income. But what I'm saying is, it's so much more than just teaching and being, and fulfilling. It's so fulfilling, but it's also more than the money part. And on, and another thing about it is, you, when you teach in a certain area, you establish yourself as an authority in that area. So by me teaching card making courses or scan and cut courses, and I'm the one that they go to for those kinds of topics. I've established myself as an authority. And then they want to come. And if they discover me on Udemy, then they want to come over and follow my channel. And I do get new channel subscribers from that or vice versa. If I already have a channel subscriber and I tell them about my courses, they want to go more in depth, go to my courses. Okay, so what I would have done differently, though, is here's one of those. Let me just find it. Let me just pull this that for you. One of my courses was so long that I would have made it into several courses. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> okay. Rookie mistake. When I developed the course called Canvas Workspace A to Z, I made the mistake of cramming in everything about the Canvas Workspace software that you can imagine and how to use it with your machine and how to create projects. And the course was eight hours and 14 minutes. Ridiculous. I know. I know it's ridiculous. Because like my, my courses are typically like my latest one's about four hours. So it was eight hours and 14 minutes. So if I were to go back, I would have taken that. And instead of cam, cam, calling it Canvas Workspace A to Z, I would have said like Canvas Workspace for Beginners, Canvas Workspace Your Next Step, Canvas Workspace Advanced Techniques, and separated into three separate courses. They could have each then sold and they would have served more people, less overwhelmed for them. And it would have been like, still very valuable to take courses that were not as long. Okay, so that's something to know. And and then ratings and conversion, I'm going to talk about in a minute. But let me just go back to uh, teaching. So I want to talk to you about why you should think about doing this if you if you are wanting to have a crafty business of any kind. I've, I've done other podcast episodes where I talked about multiple streams of crafty income. And I explained about the YouTube advertising revenue and the commissions you can get from sales and the different memberships. And some people may say, oh, that's spreading yourself thin. But no, it's all actually part of the same business. And to me, it's security. Having multiple streams of income is more, it's, it's security because one month, this one's gonna be higher. And then the next month, this one's higher. This month's an okay month on sales. It should be higher because there's a celebration going on, a big promotion, but it's not like the greatest sales month, maybe because people are, it's the beginning of the year, who knows why, but then there's, 
there's big months for sales, maybe a free shipping day, I get better sales, like on that kind of day or that kind of month. And then there's like a special going on. So my team's going to grow really a lot this month. I already got four new team members because there's a special. But then when there's no special, I don't get any team members. And then, so like the leadership part will fall off and then they, or the team building would fall off, which then subsequently the leadership parts would fall off of my business. And I have to work harder on the sales. And then when I create a lot of content, like around the Black Friday time, my content gets a lot more advertising revenue, like a couple hundred more dollars a month in the fall than it will get now. Even if I'm producing the same amount of content on my channel, my advertising revenue goes down in January because there's not as many people paying for advertising. But yet my other things will go up. So what I'm saying to you is if you are thinking about having a crafty business at all or you already have one, a business being that you are working on doing this for more than a, a hobby and making it into a jobby and you want to have a side hustle or you want to turn this into a full-time job like I've done, you, you should definitely consider going on this platform. And what you're going to need to do that is you're going to have to have an idea and you want your idea to be marketable and you want your idea to be supported by what you're already doing in the rest of your business so that you can, you can help others. So for example, I teach card making on my channel and then I do these more in-depth four-hour, in-depth of three to four-hour card making workshops which support what I do on my channel. I teach scan and cut tutorials on my channel. I might show you one product, how to cut out one thing or how to cut out paper. But in those courses, I show you several projects and how to work with fonts and SVG files and imports and there's so many steps. We're going back and forth between the software and the machine and this and that. Things you can't do on YouTube. Just physically impossible unless I had a camera crew follow me around. I mean, you, you, you literally in these courses go from the software up on the screen to the, you know, to the table, back to the software. So if you're going to do all this, you start with an outline and an idea and it has to support what you're teaching on your channel. How do these other courses support my channel? Well, for planners, everyone needs a planner. And I'm also mentoring people in business right now. So everyone should think about using a planner to get more done. And so that supports my channel and my, and my crafty friends. It supports a lot of things I do. You want to think about looking at what's called the insights because Udemy has an insights tool and it tells you, is your topic you're trying to teach in high demand? Okay, so if it's in high demand, then next thing you want to look at in the insights is, are there a lot of people teaching this topic already? So high demand, and you want you want high demand, but you want low number of people teaching the topic, and and then you then you can also look up things like if you have high demand and a lot of people teaching that topic, it will tell you you can still teach the topic, but it might say that people teaching this topic are only making eighteen dollars a month. It'll tell you the median the median income would be eighteen dollars a month. Now, one of the courses I do plan on teaching in the future because I'm really techie and I use ChatGPT a lot and I do a lot with artificial intelligence is I do want to do a course on that topic. It is a high demand topic, but a high number of you know, people teaching it. So it, it will say something like, aim for high ratings when you try to teach a course with that's in high demand where there's a lot of courses being taught on that topic. That, that should never stop you if you want to teach card making and it says there's not a high demand, it'll probably say, I'm probably thinking about those because I taught them anyway. I think they're low demand and low number of people teaching them. Okay? So that's kind of, you don't have a lot of competition. And, and, and you don't really think about, I mean, a rising tide lifts all ships, right? So we're not in competition with each other. What you do is uniquely you. You're sharing your gifts with the world as a teacher. And so really, it doesn't matter if you teach a course on card making. And I've already done courses on card making because you could have an infinite number of courses on card making. It would all be great for the people because when they take my courses, they would see your courses too and be suggested. Udemy would suggest, hey, I saw you took this card making workshop. Would you like to take this other one as well? So in, in fact, you can thank me for paving the way of... There's already a demand for card making courses because people take mine. And then if yours were on the platform, they would be next to mine being suggested to other people to take. Okay, so that's one thing. So you got to think about 
an outline for your course. That's you always start with an outline, what you're going to cover. And then you need to make it relevant to whatever's going on, like with the, with the products you're choosing, like your fresh products, fresh design, something that hasn't been done before, a special kind of fold, for example, or a special kind of 3D project, for example, or a purpose, like maybe a wedding imitation crafts would probably be really popular. Like something, you know, whatever you're doing, it would be specialized and you would do it that way. And then the next thing you want to do is you want to start gathering your resources that you're going to need and blocking out time on your schedule, which is why you need a planner. That's why I was doing that before I even started thinking about my podcast again. I said, I am finishing this course. Like, come hell or high water, I'm finishing the course. Because you have to block out time for it. And through sickness and in health and all the stuff that happens, you if you get off track and get a little behind, you still have to go forward and finish it. And you'll, it's so rewarding when you do, and it's rewarding for your students as well. So you're blocking out time to record every step of the way and every step of the process. And then I recommend that you never record the introduction at the beginning. You wait till the whole course is over. And then, because it might take twists and turns along the way, and then you go back and you tell them what you're gonna be telling, teaching them in the course. You go back and you create the introduction. Now I do create the conclusion last, and then I show the final projects that we've been, we made in the conclusion. So you can do this, and I can recommend ways to learn how to develop courses and things like that as well, but you, you can do this. So if you are one step ahead of someone else in your skill level, which I know you are, I know you are as a crafter, you, there's always someone that's you know, that, that you can help lift up that's one step beh behind you, then you can be a teacher. And in fact, if you're not going to be a teacher or not sharing your gifts, then you're holding something back and someone needs you. So think about that. You, someone needs your help and you might be the right person to teach them because of the level that they're at. And if you don't show up to help them, who else is going to? Teaching is about more than just the skills that I'm teaching. It's about teaching a process of creativity. And it's about teaching processes that they can repeat and skills that they learn that they can use over and over again. And most of all, application. So you really wanna tie in application of what you're teaching when you give assignments so that they can demonstrate what they learn and have the confidence. You're helping build their confidence so that they can then create more projects using other supplies that you didn't even mention because you gave them the confidence and skills to do something else. All right. So now we wanna talk about ratings and conversion and sort of my plan for this coming year. So we have, there's, there's something called like instructor ratings and you wanna always aim for, you know, four to five, right? I have a course that has a 5.0 rating, which is awesome. And then I have another one that has a little over four. Okay, not so good for me because I'm overall 4.67 instructor. It means I'm pretty highly rated but when some people give you fours and they don't realize like that's, they're giving you like a four that's going to get averaged in. They might not really think of, oh, you're a four, but they, but they, they all, you know, they're, they're asked early on the course. I guess I should have put it that way. Udemy asks students to rate the course early on and they might just click on, you know, four stars and think they're going to go back later. And a lot of them don't go back later and do the five stars. So I really appreciate when someone does do the five stars and they write why. And then if someone else, like they take one lesson and they might go, oh, this is too easy or whatever. I don't know what they say to themselves, but I'm, I'm just kind of you know, joking or whatever. They'll say, like, I, I got like somebody say like one, this is an advanced. And I'm like, well, you know, you go and I look at their information and they've only watched like five to 10% of the course and they rated it with a one and said it wasn't advanced. And I called it advanced. And I'm like, you didn't even take the course. But Udemy asked people to rate courses earlier. So what you need to do as an instructor is ratings are so important. You need to constantly ask people to rate and review your courses. You need to thank them when they do rate your courses. And you need to, if they gave you a bad rating and you also see that they haven't taken a lot of your material yet, you need to say, after you've completed this course, would you please mind going back to rate the course again based on the full completion of the course? And then thank them if they're going to be one of those people that just 
they, no matter what, they're never going to give you a good rating because they just are never satisfied with anything in life. You just have to just thank everybody. You just go, that's it. Don't worry about it. You cannot take it personal. You just need to thank them for their review. And if it is a lot of people giving you the same feedback, then you need to take that feedback to heart and improve upon your courses. So for my plan for this year is to take the ratings and increase them. I want to I want to increase my number. I want to be up 4.75, which is extraordinary, right? I'm at 4.67. Because you're never going to be five overall because there's always some people that just don't that just don't give good ratings on things. Okay. And then I want to increase what's called my conversion rate. And this is a this is a term that means when someone lands on your page, what percentage of those people that land on that page take your course? So my latest course has a really great conversion rate because I've sent everybody to that page. So really no one's landed there by accident yet. They're like, not really by accident, meaning it's a brand new course. No one sort of just stumbled upon this page or Udemy hasn't really been referring this page to many people yet because it takes time to get in the system. And that conversion rate of my brand new course, the planner course I mentioned, is 22.3% conversion. That's unheard of in this industry. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing conversion rate. That means that 22.3% of people who land on my page actually enroll in my course. So yes, I want that conversion rate all the time. I know it will go down over time, so I have to consider that. All right, let me see. I see some things popping up on the screen and I wanna see if there are any questions. Now my lowest conversion rate of any course is interestingly enough, the, I can't see if there's any questions, but I, if you had them up there at the top, it's doing what it did last night when I went live and it's like double typing over my, over the text. So I'm sorry about that. But I, you know what? I will address any questions that I go back and see in the live chat on either a future podcast episode or, you know, in my live stream that I do with crafting, I can just kind of address those questions. All right. So my low, this is interesting. My lowest conversion rate of 1.54%. That means of all the people that land on that page, only 1.54% take that course. It's on my highest rated course. So my course that's rated as a five that has great ratings and, and the students can see the ratings, they're just not clicking on it to take that course. So here's what I wanna do during 2024. And you should do this too and just think about how to make incremental improvements in your life. I want to take my course descriptions and take another look at my pictures because they would never let us have text in any photos before like we weren't allowed to have picture of like the front of the machine I couldn't even have like any any words on the front of the machine and I just sort of like put a big machine like really far away without any vinyl on it and like took this really boring picture for, for only because of the rules well they they've lifted some of the rules about how to make the course graphics now so I want to change all my graph not all of them but about half the graphics so that I can increase the conversion rate and, and the descriptions of my courses. I wanna make all the courses more descriptive and then hopefully more people when they come there will take my courses. So I wanna increase enrollment without doing a lot of new updates to all those older courses. And at the same time this year, here are the courses that I have in mind and you can let me know what you think about these topics and what, you know, what you're looking for. I let my Patreons and Grow Your Crafty Business members and YouTube channel members. Give me some insight on what they'll be. But I've already taught a course called Brother Scan and Cut Fall Projects, Brother Scan and Cut Winter Projects, and one called Spring Projects. So for sure this year, and I'll announce it here to get my button gear, that rhymes, is I want to do Brother Scan and Cut Summer Projects. So I want to create a number of summer projects all in one course from start to finish, including getting the SVG files, and importing fonts and all the things you do and all the cutting and assembling and all that it takes. So I wanna do a brother scan and cut summer projects course. That's one. And then I want to do another card making course and I want to be a different kind of fun fold, 3D, 3D fold. So I wanna do one more card making workshop. And I wanna do another Canva workshop on social media because that was requested by my, my Grow Your Crafty Business group. And then lastly, and I don't know if I can accomplish all this in one year, but I know how to do shipping now. 
I've become a shipping, some, somewhat of a shipping expert. And because I, I ship so many things and I know how to save money on shipping and with the postal rates constantly going up and with me understanding not only how to do shipping in this country, but how to ship internationally because I've lived internationally and I know how to do customs forms. I thought it would be really interesting to do a shipping course. How to do shipping from importing data, importing customer information, to printing labels, to packaging items, to how to use shipping software and all of that. So that might be on the, the last thing I do because the other courses are more of a priority. But that's what's on the horizon for my Udemy courses. Now, we have to just kind of mention how Udemy differs. That was my last thing I wanted to cover. How it differs from just doing this yourself, say, or how it differs from other models of where I've been teaching. So some people teach on other platforms and they swear by it as they're, they love this kind of uh, model. And the model is you get paid by the number of minutes. So this is a different kind of model. Right now, the model that I'm talking about is that I get paid by the number of people who enroll in my courses, especially if, if I were to send them there to enroll in my courses. Now, a model where you're paid by the minute means that you, students are, they, they pay for a subscription to a platform. And while they're on that platform, if they stumble upon your class and they just take it because they search for it, they can enroll in as many classes as they want. And they enroll in my class, say. And then they don't actually watch it. Even if they enroll in it, I don't get paid at all because they only, you only get paid by the number of minutes watched. So that platform that I'm talking about right now, and there's a couple of those that I'm involved in. One is called Skillshare. And I do like Skillshare, and I'll put a link if you want to join something like that. It's not, it's actually the price has gone down very reasonable for a yearly subscription. You can join and take as many classes as you want, but the instructors, just so you know, only get paid for A, if you clicked on their link to join the platform in the first place. It's called a referral fee. When it, when you, when they join because of you, regardless, even if you never took one of my courses on that platform, if you joined the platform and subscribed because of me, they would give me a percentage of that. And secondly, I would get paid by the minute if you take my courses. So here lies the problem of getting paid that way is unless you're very big on those platforms or unless you have a lot of courses there, it's very hard for students to find your other courses. So I personally know of people that are like, Probably, I'm thinking seven figures, <coughs> but I might be wrong. Excuse me for coughing. But they they make a lot of money on this platform because they have a lot of courses on the platform and their courses feed all their other courses. So when, when students take the one course, they want to take all their other courses, consuming lots of minutes, and they teach longer, more in-depth courses. And it's a great little system that feeds itself. So if you want to start down the platform of Skillshare or one of the paid-by-minute programs that's fine you can put your courses on different platforms but you need to make shorter courses for that platform they tend to do better or shorter meaning shorter project based one hour one project type of thing and if, if i do put my other courses on there you just still have to have a project at the end of every course and then you want to still market them you know to to your audience however you do that but just and then when students when you start finding students that are engaged in your courses, you want to definitely give them feedback on their projects right away and follow those students that are following you back, you know, follow them back so that they can then be updated. You follow each other and you're updated as to when new courses are published. So it's a platform that I, I've probably made more from referrals to the platform that I did from the minutes. And it, but it is something that I'm definitely continuing to put courses on over time. Like I want to take some of my more of my Udemy courses and put them on that platform or break them up into different ways and put them on those other platforms. You just like this platform, they store them there for you. Now, if you were to put your courses on a platform that is a self-hosted platform, then you're going to pay by the month. So for example, I'm just going to give you an example of one of them because there's infinite numbers of ones that pay by the minute. There's infinite ones that you can put your courses on, but the one is called Kajabi. And you could go on a platform like that and pay the monthly fee. And then you keep all the proceeds after the credit card fee. So if I wanted to charge $200 for a course there, then the credit card fee might take 4% or something. And I'm paying, I don't know, over $100, maybe $150 a month for the 
platform fees, etc. I need to have a few students if it's a couple hundred dollar course just to sort of, you know, be able to pay for that platform fee, credit card fees, etc. But passive income can be achieved if you have put the time in at the beginning, let the systems work themselves, put your content on many different platforms, keep telling people about that content, and leveling up over time where you could charge more or use different kinds of platforms. And you can do some of each. You could you could actually have it on one platform where they have it on a coupon and you could have it on another platform where people pay a flat rate fee. As long as there's not a big discrepancy in price, people really just want value from you. They want to know that they're learning something and gaining value and skills from what you're teaching them. So the more that you can think about that for when you're teaching, the more problems that you're helping to solve, whether you're inspiring people's creative ideas and giving them new ideas, or whether you're teaching them to be faster, more efficient, get more done, manage more, or it's a personal growth thing. You are always solving problems for people, which is what teaching is all about, which, which is what makes it so rewarding. So I hope that this helped you and it lets you consider whether you want to do this yourself. I'd like to know in the comments that I will read later, even though they're all jumbled right now. I would like to know if this was helpful and if you're planning on doing it. And if you are, I suggest you join into my Grow Your Crafty Business, which you can find at hellocraftyfriends.com. That's the website for this podcast. And you can find more information about that group. Join in that group. And we do Canva workshops and we do goal setting workshops. And why not? We could do some workshops on teaching as well. That is all for now. Have a great day. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for joining us on Hello Crafty Friends. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your feedback helps us inspire more crafty entrepreneurs just like you. Stay connected with our community and shape the direction of our podcast. Visit hellocraftyfriends.com to join the Grow Your Crafty Business membership group. Until next time, keep crafting, keep thriving, and keep growing. Goodbye, crafty friends.